Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, uh... can I please have your attention? Greetings, dear listeners. This is Jonah Goldberg, host of the Remnant Podcast, brought to you by the Dispatch and Dispatch Media. I am uh, talking to you from uh, downtown New York City, uh, specifically my hotel in Chelsea, where. Uh, I'm not going down to the courthouse. Today is Tuesday. Trump is being arraigned, all that kind of stuff. And as we often do on this podcast, when there is breaking news that we're not going to be able to stay up with, we counter-program. And so we had a uh, we had a lot of positive feedback from, I thought, one of the, not because of the content, uh, one of the stranger podcasts I've done in a while um, with Avi Loeb on UFO stuff. But because, uh, as some people pointed out, he wasn't quite a believer. He was more like a... Uh, open-minded scientist guy who thinks outside the box a little bit, box a little bit, we figured we would go once more into the breach with UFOlogy or UFOlogy um, and have uh, a Twitter friend of mine who I've never met, uh, but we are dog lovers and he is the weekend editor um, over at Hot Air and he's been a former, and he's a Navy veteran and a student of the strange. Uh, Jazz Shaw, welcome to the remnant. Thank you very much. I'm going to, Put in one minor correction, and of course, you probably wouldn't remember, but we actually did meet once at CPEC. Oh my gosh, okay. I apologize. <laughs> um, it was in the before times. Oh yeah, this was back um, uh, at least four years ago. Yeah. No, it's got to be longer than that. I haven't been to CPEC in a really long time. Yeah, now that you mentioned it, it was like 2017 or something. Possible. That's possible, yeah. Anyway, my apologies. Um, so, uh, let's just sort of start from the beginning. Like, how'd you get into this stuff? Why are you a student of the, uh, the real-life X-Files stuff. I think I've always had an interest in the possibility of UFOs, aliens, all that stuff, mostly from being a fan of science fiction when I was young. I, never st- I didn't start writing about it professionally until 2017, shortly after the bombshell New York Times article came out. And for, for anybody who's not really into the topic and familiar, if you go back and look at that article... I, I should point out up front, and maybe we can talk about this later if you want, they got a number of significant things wrong, but we didn't find out about that for years. But uh, the, the bottom line of the story was true. And just uh, explain to people what the story was. Oh, yeah. It was uh, the, the first article where the news leaked out that the government had been running a UFO investigation program for many years and never told anybody about it. They claimed that they hadn't studied it all since Project Blue Book ended in the late 60s. But they, they had this program running, and uh, they called it ATIP. That wasn't the original program, but it was a funded program. Harry Reid got $22 million for it. And along with the article, they released three videos, which which is what made it 
such a bombshell. And they were three uh, Navy videos, one of them taken in 2014 off the USS Nimitz uh, off the coast of Southern California. The other two were off Virginia and Florida uh, later, like 2014, I think. And they had videos that pilots had taken of objects that they could not identify that looked really weird. And I approached uh, the management at Salem because much like we're used to work at National Review, it's supposed to be like, you know, serious talk about politics, government, all that stuff, and, you know, write about crazy things. And I said, hey, look at this New York Times article. This involves the government, involves the Pentagon. Maybe this is something we could write about. And it took them a couple of days to get back to me. And and they were like, well, it's holiday season. Traffic's dead anyway. We could try it. I did. And it was the highest traffic article on the site for two weeks. And people were really interested. And I went back and asked them a second time because there was more stuff coming out. And they were like, yeah, go ahead. And by the third time, when I approached the office manager, they were like, don't, don't, never mind. You don't have to ask. You're the UFO guy. Now. <laughs> and I wasn't sure how I felt about that. I never set out to be the UFO guy. But yeah, that's kind of how it's happened. But I, I've been studying the subject for a long time in the background and just not writing about it. I spend an unhealthy amount of time going through the government's blue book files in the National Archives. Uh, it's, it's one of my hobbies. I'm in there at least once a week. And uh, yeah, that, that's how I got interested. And and the story is what it is. We now have a office that's gone through uh, five different name changes in two years. And it's now called Arrow, the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, um, operating under uh, the uh, intelligence agencies. Yeah. So have you met any of the people who work for Arrow, if that's its real name? I mean, like, are any of those agencies? Have you met anybody who's like, gets a paycheck to look into this stuff? I have met them online, not in person. I have interviewed Sean Kirkpatrick. He's the head of Arrow. And a couple of the people who worked there before. And of course, the two most famous people who were the reason that the New York Times got a bunch of stuff wrong in the article. Um, I've spoken to both uh, Luis Elizondo and Chris Mellon, former uh, deputy uh, uh, deputy of national defense. He's, he's somewhere in the Defense Department, was, and but they're both civilians now. And uh, but yeah, Lou uh, Lou ran the ATIP version of the program, which was actually originally called OSAP. Um, from like 1999 until 2014, I want to say. And, but there was very few people working on it then. It was him and a couple other people. And the, him, him and Chris were the ones who, who smuggled the, uh, the videos of the UFOs out of the Pentagon and gave them to the New York Times. Okay, so I, I want to get back to the New York Times thing because it's kind of like Chekhov's gun. People are gonna like, so what is the beef with the New York Times piece? But let's just back up for two seconds. Um, let me do it two ways. One, put on your sort of objective journalist chronicler of this stuff, and then we'll get to your own personal views of this stuff. Um, what, are the, what are some of the things that the average person who doesn't follow these things, um, what are the things that we now, quote unquote, know insofar as the government has confirmed them that, uh, that you could say in a, an audience full of a diverse group of people who follow this stuff that everybody would sort of concede, yeah, that's what's going on, um, that the average person probably doesn't, doesn't quite, who doesn't focus on this stuff, doesn't quite realize. Like, what do we, what is an established fact that, like, passes a fact checker at a, at a, at a normal media outlet? 
because it doesn't still doesn't get as much attention as it probably should. Uh, I don't know if the average person knows that they've now released two public reports um, that were made available. They weren't breathtaking. They didn't have any pictures of aliens or anything like that. But they did concede that the United States government and the Pentagon believe or just state categorically that UFOs are real. They claim to not know what they are, which we can get into, but they are real and they document them. And a lot of people report them. Um, military members, pilots, uh, both military and civilian, and just regular citizens. And and there is a place where people can submit reports now, which we can find a link for and you can stick in if you want. So if you have your own thing you want to report, you can send it in and the government will look into it. And they are currently looking at more than 500 reported incidents that they cannot classify. And um, I know you're a stickler about sticking with the term UFO, but the government wants us to call them UAPs now, right? That's correct. Unidentified, well, it used to be unidentified aerial phenomena, and now it's unidentified anomalous phenomena. I see. And it was put in for a reason because aerial implies flying uh-huh. through the air, and they're actually looking into stuff that's been seen in space and even underwater, what are called the fast movers. So at some point, it's just going to switch to like SAT or AT&T, which actually don't stand for anything anymore. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I just, Probably. Okay, yeah. so you say fast movers. Like what are, what are these things that show up on the videos that we don't have an explanation for? They, there's all, all sorts of different UFOs, which is part of the problem for anybody to pin it down. But one of the things is the one that was seen in 2014. It's known as the Tic Tac. Um, it was not only detected on radar and everything else, but four pilots saw it and reported it eventually. Uh, they are about the size of a bus, maybe 50, 60 feet long, and they look like giant stretched out propane tanks. Um, uh, no wings, no tail, no windows, no exhaust, no nothing. Nothing that looks like should be able to generate lift and stay in the air, but somehow they do. Um, the gimbal was a different one. It's a little closer to a flying saucer, but not really. And then the third category that they have videos of that have been released are really weird. And they show up off the coast of Virginia. Some pilots have literally said all the time. And they are cubes that are metallic looking and dark, but they're encased in a mostly transparent globe or orb. And they somehow fly. And Ryan Graves is one pilot who almost got hit by one of them. I mean, came that close. So these aren't things that they're mistaking off in the distance. They get buzzed by them sometimes. And and these show up on the videos, right? So like whatever they are, a a a skeptic can find these things online and say and come up with their own explanation for them. But there there's no good explanation for them and, and we can See them, right? Um, so, okay, so now, what do you believe is going on here? Like, what is your best guess? What is your explanation? What What are you hoping that in the next five years, while you're still on, or 10 years while you're still on this mortal coil, you, you get, there'll be some news story that you'll be able to say, see, I told you. Like, what do you think is happening? You mean, what do I think they yeah. are? 
Um, short answer, you tell me and we'll both know. <laughs> uh, well, nobody knows. Uh, or nobody that is talking appears to know. But um, the, the best answer I give to that when it comes up is the one thing I'm very confident in without knowing absolutely for sure is that it's not one thing. It's not coming from one place. There's uh, all those reports they've gone through. There's going to be a certain number of them, absolutely, that turn out to be aerial trash, balloons, maybe maybe spy balloons, uh, things like that. Other stuff will be natural, uh, meteorological, or stellar phenomena. People mistake planets for things sometimes and stuff like that. Some of it, uh, in the modern era at least, will definitely turn out to be drones. Tons of drones out there now. Um, and then there's that other bucket, and they literally call it other in the reports they put out, that they don't have any idea and they don't have a good theory for except to say they're not ours and we're very confident they're not the Russians or the Chinese, so we don't know. And among those things, as we already started to discuss, it doesn't seem like even they would all be coming from the same place because they're so different and they do different things and show up in different places. You know, there's huge numbers of sightings in South America, particularly in Brazil. And, uh, and they get a totally different type of UFO down there than we get in North America, you know, and they get something closer to the old traditional saucer. I've never seen a saucer. I'd really love to, but, uh, yeah, so, so that's the answer. I, the, the most common theories, for those unexplainable ones are first and probably my personal favorite most days that it's something extraterrestrial in nature, something coming here from another system. But other people have put forward counter theories like we're learning more and more about how weird the universe is and like there's more dimensions than the ones that we can see. So maybe it's something that's not coming from far away, but it's just sort of popping through other dimensions. And the other favorite one is that it's actually us coming back from the future after time travel is invented. So those are the three most common ones. Um, yeah, most days I, I tend to favor the ETH, the extraterrestrial hypothesis. I would like to find out um, if you go down the rabbit hole into the deep conspiracy theories, there is a widespread belief that the government has already recovered either functional or crashed piece remnants of alien craft and possibly even has bodies and they have them tucked away somewhere best guess is the government doesn't have them in washington or even area 51 there's a running theory that everything's being kept in a basement somewhere at lockheed because skunk works has been involved with this for a real real long time and they were involved with the original osap stuff because they had a heavy interest in a place called skinwalker ranch which is where the whole program began Skinwalker? Skinwalker Ranch in Utah, yes. Okay. Where, where, is there a derivation of the name Skinwalker that, that is, I should know? Because it kind of it sounds like in a sci-fi book, right, it's like some alien that has to put on human skin and sort of sort of like in vampire books, the people the vampires who can walk in daylight are called daywalkers. Like Skinwalker kind of has that kind of vibe to it. But I don't um, it's a it's an English translation of a Native American term, okay. a skinwalker amongst the indigenous people is a shaman, uh, generally an evil shaman who puts curses on people and does things like that. But they also have the ability, according to the natives, to uh, shift themselves into a half-human, half-animal form. 
And Skinwalker Ranch is a name that because it's a place where lots of stuff like that is seen, but also a lot of UFOs are seen and all sorts of stuff. You know, there's a show out um, that uh, was created by Brandon Fugel, who now owns Skinwalker Ranch, called uh, uh, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. And it's just getting ready to start its fourth season. I, I talk to Brandon all the time. He's a really great guy. Very interesting. And they're having lots of fun out there. And, and it does involve UFOs. They've, they've caught a number of UFOs on film. One of the questions I like to ask people from, like if I give a talk to a trade association, you know, the American Dairy Council or whatever, and one of the questions I always like to ask for fields I don't know that much about is, what are the, argu- the internal arguments within the industry that get the people most worked up, not Republican versus Democrat or anything like that. But like, what are the issues like with, with some agriculture groups, it's things like ethanol and wind because it has to do with property rights and government subsidies and that kind of thing. So like, what are the issues that can start a fight at a UFO convention because people are come down on one side or the other? (laughs) Great question. Um, It's yeah, it's very different probably than the dairy industry, but UFO Twitter is a, uh, is just a hotbed of drama and gossip and hate and fighting. And those things do break out at the conventions. The topics that most often start fights are if you bring up Bob Lazar. I don't know if you know who Bob Lazar is. I, I don't. I, mean, I assume I know very, very little about him. Okay, Bob so. Lazar is a guy who came out back in the 90s and claimed that he worked in a very, very ultra-secret section at Area 51 and he had been brought there to try to reverse engineer the propulsion systems of nine UFOs that they had captured, but they couldn't figure out how to operate. And he said he was going public with his story because he had been making noises about leaving and whatnot, and he did leave the base, and he was worried that they were going to come kill him. And Bob Lazar has his advocates, his dedicated fans who believe absolutely it's true. And then there's another probably slightly larger part of the ufology community that think it's complete nonsense and he just makes everybody look bad. So that's one thing that'll start a fight. Um, Contactees start a fight uh, because there's a lot of people, you know, like myself, who have no problem with the idea of there being UFOs. Many of actually, we've actually seen UFOs. But then there's the people who go really deep. They claim to have been contacted by aliens, by beings, and had interactions with them, sometimes very unpleasant interactions. And that's another area that seems to tip a lot, trip a lot of people off. It's like, no, there's ships, we've seen them. But if you go around talking about aliens, then once again, everybody just thinks we're crazy. So that, that tends to start fights. And uh, the lack of videos... Um, from the government, uh, some people think, well, they just don't have anything. Well, a lot of the rest are convinced it's a conspiracy that's been going on since the 1940s. And I'm more in that camp personally. But uh, yeah, the, the, I'd say those are three of the biggest ones that you, you see a lot of arguments about. So um, I want to come back to all that in a second, but uh, you've hit that in a couple of times. You say you've seen one, or I don't know if it was plural, but what have you seen? Uh, okay. And that was really when you Anybody that follows my writing probably noticed a big change after November of uh, 2020. Uh, that in one week in November, we saw two of them. And then in the spring and through the summer of 2021, we saw three more. 
So my wife and I have seen five total. Uh, the first one we saw was a glowing ball orb. I don't know. Um, over the ridge to the east of our house. I went out one night and just saw it there. And it was very slowly just moving back and forth, north-south and up and down a little bit. And it was covered in all these weird shifting lights. And I, to this day, I don't know. I mean, I, in the back of my head, I still wonder, could it have just been a helicopter with some really non-FEC uh, non-FAA authorized lighting system or something. Uh, but that was a little ambiguous. The second one, my wife spotted first. Um, I was out of my deck and she was on the street right next to us walking the dog. And I saw her grabbing her camera and pointing up and I looked up. And this was also at night. Um, oh, by the way, that, that orb thing I told you about, I filmed that for more than five mm -hmm. minutes. It's on my YouTube channel. If anybody wants to look at it, you can take a guess for yourself. We'll put it in the show notes. Okay. I'll say, yeah, I'll send you a link. Yeah, the second one was uh, the one that really changed everything. Uh, while my wife was walking the dog and I'm out of my back deck, overhead, over our house, down below, it was a cloudy night, down below cloud level, a triangle passed over. And it was big. I describe it as being the size of a football field. But it's hard to say for sure, because unless you know exactly how high up it is, if it was closer, it might have been smaller. If it was far up, it was pretty big. It was just a black triangle. And it did not have the lights you see on typical, I'm going to use words that non-followers don't even understand, typical black triangle sightings um, are often depicted with a light at each corner of the triangle, and sometimes there's one in the center. This, this didn't have any big bright lights. It had a whole bunch of these little, they looked like Christmas lights, except they changed color and they moved in relation to each other like they weren't really attached to it. But other than that, it was just this giant black thing, and it passed over very slowly, very silently, and it kept it made no noise. It just kept on going until it passed out of sight. The other three were all the same. They were all Tic Tacs, like we just talked about. They all passed right over our neighborhood in broad daylight. I filmed the second one, and that came out terribly because the camera just refused to focus on it and tried focusing on everything else, my neighbor's house and the power lines and everything else. But a videographer did some work with it for me to pull out all the available pixels. So we did get a little evidence of that one, but um, it was completely remarkable. Uh, the first one, I ran inside to get my camera and didn't see it go away. The third one just kept going in a straight line, but the second one pulled up about even with our house, maybe five, six hundred feet up, and it stopped in midair, and then it rotated a little bit, so the nose was pointing more towards me, or maybe the tail, I really don't know how it works. It was there just for a couple seconds, and it vanished. It didn't land, it didn't crash, it didn't fly away. It disappeared. Right while I was pointing a camera at it and staring at it, it was there, and then the next frame was gone. And at, at that point, my mind was just blown. You know, and I was like, okay, this is real. And I, I, I don't believe it's anything our government cooked up because that's, that's like anti-gravity. If you can control gravity, just imagine what you can do. And why aren't they sharing that tech with the rest of the world? You know, but I also don't know that it's possible for us to control gravity. I kind of have my doubts, but something sure seems to be doing it or doing a great job of faking it. You asked what I saw. Yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, so like on the, on the video and, and, and this TikTok thing you have on video. Like I said, horrible video. It's 
only a, sure. a few seconds long and the camera wouldn't focus on it. You can barely, you can see there's something there, but it's not the same as the experience of standing there watching it in broad daylight. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so let's take a second to hear from our sponsor, Aura Frames. Longtime listeners know I'm a big fan of Aura Frames. I've gotten them as gifts. I've given them as gifts. I sent my daughter back to college with one so she could... Look at many, many, many pictures of her cat and I guess her parents as well. So if you're looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life, Aura Frames are a beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. I can attest, it is very easy to use, very intuitive. You don't have to read a lot of documentation. It's just like you load the app and it says, of what pictures do you want in your frame and you put them in your frame and you can change them and you can set the settings to whatever you want for how long the pictures stay there. It's pretty idiot proof. From grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, and even the friends in your life, every mom loves an Aura frame. Named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things, Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's AuraFrames.com. A-U-R-A Frames.com. Use the promo code REMNANT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. So something you said that kind of ping something in my head and maybe, I, maybe I'm just wrong because, again, I am not fluent on this stuff. But it seems to me that there are a lot of videos that show something, right? We don't know what they are and, and explanations differ. It feels like, and again, I don't study these videos, so maybe I'm just flat wrong on this, but like, it feels like there's not a lot of videos that capture a lot of sound. Am I right about that? No, I, I think you're right about that. I'm trying to recall. There's the one really famous video um, from uh, down in the Bahamas region of a UFO that was captured circling this airbase. And it was on an island. And at one point, dipping into the water, coming back out of the water. That one had sound, but... It didn't seem like it was any sound that the UFO was making. It's, it was the normal sounds mm-hmm. of an airport um, mm-hmm. or an airstrip, you know. It just seems to me that things are going that seem to, and I know some of these things aren't going faster than the speed of sound, but it just seems to me like it's, it's kind of weird that you don't get more audio for these things. I mean, maybe that's the stealth mode of whatever these things are in, but if there are a lot of different explanations, and as you say, which I think, Occam's razor would would tend towards is it can't all be one explanation. Some things are aerial trash and some things are spy balloons and drones and or whatever. But it's just kind of weird to me that like 
there's not audio to go with all that video that um, would be just an important data point, it seems to me, because you can learn things from sound that you can't necessarily learn from grainy video. That's one of the uh, great deep down the rabbit hole debates that goes on constantly is why most of these things don't appear to make any sound, not just that we're not recording it, they don't make any. Uh, the Tic Tac yeah. is a great example because that was picked up on radar originally at something like 50,000 feet. It dropped down to 10,000 feet. And then it dropped, that's two miles, it dropped down to like 30 or 40 feet off the surface of the ocean in seven-tenths of a second. You can do the math mm -hmm. about how fast it would have to go. That thing should have been producing sonic booms so just right. constantly all the way down that would shake the planes. It didn't make a noise. They, they don't create a sonic boom. How do they do that? Nobody knows. Avi Loeb doesn't know. But he has asked the question. Hey, since you brought up Avi Loeb, just to, you know, get in there. Uh, do you have a, a, a view of, you know, so Loeb thinks, what, I can't remember what it's called, Amanamua, whatever the, the thing that looks a little bit like the doomsday machine, the doomsday machine. Amuamua, yeah. Amuamua. Do you have a, a view on what that is or could be? I thought it was a rock. But. Yeah. Or uh, other people say it doesn't necessarily have to be stone because they're not all, some of them are just huge chunks of ice. But Avi's theory that it might be something intelligently crafted was based in, almost entirely on one reading that seemed to show it change course very, very, very slightly. And if it can change course in space, then you've got to ask why, right? But I think people of other, other scientists have put up very plausible arguments about why it appeared to do that and why it might be the shape it was, because it did have a weird shape. It was long and flat. But it could have calved off of something bigger, a comet or something. So I, I, I just, I think the, the jury's still out, but th that doesn't scream aliens to me. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I liked Avi Loeb. I mean, he was a character. Um, I have a friend who's um, who's born in Israel. I'll keep his name out of it. And, uh, and he said, the thing he loved about my interview with him was that I asked one question and 30 minutes later, I knew every single grievance that Avi had over the last 30 years <laughs> with various people. And he was like, it was like, he says, it was like you stopped my uncle on the streets of Tel Aviv and asked him about his experience in the military. It just like, just so Israeli in its airing of grievances without any prompting. Um, but, uh, um, all right. So, all right, so I, I, I got to ask some of the more skeptical questions like, and I'll just, I'll state my priors up front. I'm agnostic on the whole thing. I'm open-minded about it. I, I certainly, I certainly think that like it was a huge boon to the, let's put, let's put it in these terms, to the Jazz Shaw community when the government came closer to you guys, then you guys had to come to the government, right? I mean, like they gave up the goods that, that sort of exonerated people who were called conspiracy theorists and paranoid for decades because you can't have the government actually say, okay, we lied. We've actually been studying this the whole time. And there's a, there's a crap ton of stuff we can't explain and then say, oh, but if you think there are UFOs, you're crazy, right? I mean, like they're literally confirming it. It's kind of like Santa Claus in, in Miracle 34th Street, uh, or not Santa Claus. It's like the U.S., the federal judge or the state judge in Miracle 34th Street saying, well, the post office says he's Santa Claus 
And who are we to argue with the federal authority of the post office? If the federal government is going to come out and say, you know, there's a lot of weird stuff going on, then you have to sort of have an open mind about what the weird stuff is and how to explain it. That said, I kind of like one of the reasons I ask you the question about the fights in the UFO community thing is like there's there's no hobby movement political group that doesn't have the person who shows up to the conversation and starts intruding with and injecting some weird psychological crap of their own, right? I mean, and the idea, the, the, the task of having to police the people who really just have other issues involved other than UFO stuff must be very difficult for people like you, right? I mean, it's, it would be, you know, like the person who just comes in and just wants to talk about the anal probing, right? Um, and um, so like, how do you deal with the fact that like for, I don't want to, I don't want to use the wrong mental health ish terms, but like there are people who have mental health issues who think they've been contacted by aliens. It's sort of like for in the 1970s and eighties, there was an enormous number of people who were bipolar, who were convinced the CIA was contacting them through, you know, essentially their fillings. I used to get, when I worked for Ben Wattenberg, I used to get, his crazy mail and you'd find these handwritten notes about how the CIA is controlling their thoughts and all these kind of things. The alien thing is one of these things that for susceptible minds, it can fill in a lot of blanks that would be filled in by some other category. Um, if the UFO thing wasn't going on, I guess what I'm getting at is like, isn't there a lot of social contagion and, and sort of, uh, I don't know, um, suggestibility, at play with this stuff? I am fully convinced that there has been a lot of what you we could point to over the many, many, many decades that this conversation has been going on, that were there people who were seeking attention and they made up stories? No doubt. Um, are there people, as you say, that perhaps had some sort of an experience, but because of their own mental structure or whatever, they interpreted it and potentially even, like you said, start filling in the blanks. I'm, I'm sure some of that's happened too. Um, I don't know myself what to say to uh, the contactees that I mentioned earlier, a friend of mine that I've been talking to for a long time. Her name's Linda. Um, you can follow her on Twitter. She is one of those people. She's invited to speak all over the country and, uh, and, According to her, she has been abducted more than three dozen times, not always by aliens. She's also been abducted by government people, men in black. And she has all sorts of weird medical problems that she claims are a result of that. Um, did that all happen? I, I've said right to her face, you know, I, I don't know. I, I can't say it didn't. I mean, 20 years ago, there were no UFOs and now there are. Uh, does Are there aliens? I, I've never seen an alien, okay? I've never seen any sort of a creature. Not live, not dead, nothing. And But there are people who say it, so I assume if it is some sort of extraterrestrial or interdimensional presence and they're here, they're here for a reason, could that reason involve needing to occasionally pick up the odd person and give an anal probe, like you said, or whatever? Um, <laughs> maybe. Again, it, it goes back to what are they and where are they coming from? There's a host of possibilities, and they don't all have to be the same. 
So, I, so yeah, I, I don't think there is no pure as, as the driven snow narrative about the history of ufology and interactions on the planet Earth or anything like that. A lot of variants. Some of it's probably garbage. Some of it's not. And the government agrees some of it's not. And there are some of us who will tell you with direct experience, I don't think I'm crazy. I don't think I'm imagining things, you know. And if I did, I'm having hallucinations in sync with my wife, which would be really weird. Does that answer your question? Yeah, no, but it, it, it sort of atmospherically does. And then again, my question was such a gloppy mess that um, it, I think you did as good a shot. But like, I'd so, for example, you said uh, that in Brazil, they see more saucers, right? Right. And now, again, I can't say to you, um, because, you know, I, I think you're kind of bulletproof by saying some of this is X and some of it is Y and some of it is Z and some of it is whatever. So it's it's kind of impossible to have a unitary critique when you don't have a unitary explanation. But like, doesn't it point, doesn't seem like if you have aliens or intelligences coming either from very far away or from another time or another dimension the idea that somehow some of them would just be the ones who have flying saucers would only be interested in Brazil and the ones that have giant Tic Tac things would be interested in, in North America. I mean, isn't the fact that different areas of the world see different things possibly suggestive that this has to do with a sort of, um, you know, the, the power of suggestion, suggestion at mass scale or something like that? If you want to think of it that way, I guess I, I think I did you a disfavor and left you with the wrong impression. I, I wasn't trying to say that in Brazil, they exclusively see saucers. They, they see right. other types too. And people report all sorts of different things in North America. The Tic Tacs just seem to generate the most conversation. Um, I see. Okay. And, and the orbs are everywhere. Uh, one of the most famous orb incidents was actually in Israel. Uh, it was back in the 90s, and somebody on video caught a lit-up ball right near um, one of the large temples there, really old ones. And it just showed up and rose up a little ways and hung there for a second. And, and, and there was tens of thousands of people, you know, gathered, you know, for whatever festivals, uh, ceremony was going on. And then it just shot up into the sky and just kept going and disappeared at just an incredible speed. And that didn't really have a shape at all, except kind of roundish, but it was kind of bright and it was hard to see what it was. It was a light, you know, and and, sad. and not ball lightning or something like that. No. And I, I wrote a uh, an article a couple of years ago over at another place that I write um, called The Debrief. And I, I spent some time digging into the whole ball lightning thing. I spoke to meteorologists. I spoke to scientists. I went and, and ball lightning, as far as I'm concerned, is a myth. It doesn't exist. It's an excuse for something we can't explain. The only supposed video of ball lightning that was really great and lit up the whole world, there was this burning ball going over this railroad track. And I went and dug up the original video, and the, the kid who posted it was a film student, and he said right there in the description that it was a film project for his class. And he apologized because parts of it didn't look that good because he didn't blend it in well enough or whatever filmmakers do. But no, I've never found any evidence of ball lightning, so... I had no idea that. So, wait, so is ball lightning different than um, St. Elmo's fire 
or Will of the Wisp. I mean, those are, I always thought those were all into interchangeable terms, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, Will of the Wisp is, I've never seen that either, but uh, yeah, that's definitely different. Ball lightning is, it, it dates back to World War II um, when pilots in World War II reported seeing these glowing, appeared to be burning things that would show up alongside of them, sometimes right over the wing of the plane and never really do anything and then go away. And they had their own special name for those, which I, I'm drawing a blank on at the moment, but that's another part of the historical lore. But, um, God, where do we start on this before we get into that? Oh, I asked about the diversity of sightings and like Brazil seeing more one thing and something of another and all that. Yeah, it's, it's maybe more, but, but not exclusively. So I, I could see how anybody coming to this from the outside is saying, why aren't you all, why, why are you all seeing different things? Maybe it's diversity of imagination or something like that. I, mm. I, I'm not going to get offended by anybody saying that, but I'll just respond with one of the first things we talked about when we started the show. They're not all the same. There's different ones and uh, they could be coming here from different places and they show up everywhere, you know? So no, I, I don't take anything away from the fact that people are reporting seeing different things as to mean that, um, therefore fantasy, you know? But that's just me. Yeah. So again, you are not responsible for the policies of various extraterrestrial visitors. But what um, what is your personal explanation for why, um, if you have, we we can certainly imagine one group of aliens visiting and having a kind of prime directive, Star Trek kind of thing of non interference and let's not talk to the to the you know the carbon based life forms and all that kind of stuff. But if 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 we're more like Casablanca with people coming from all over the place visiting, what do you think is the explanation for why none of them want to have a summit or a meeting or, you know, exchange protein strings or whatever? I mean, like, why would they all have this policy of non-communication? First of all, Casablanca is one of my favorite movies. I'm glad you mentioned that. Just wanted to point that out. Um, yeah, well, the because the, I have had to answer this question before. When you talk about policy, when you talk about why, assuming there are, assuming there are creatures associated beings of some sort associated with these, and they aren't just all AI drones that were sent from, you know, uh, Elf Centauri or something, which is another theory people have. But if we assume there are creatures, and you say why do they do why do they not do this why do they do this, you're assuming intent, and. We, we tend to frame things in very human-centric, uh, anthropocentric uh, modes. And it, to assume why, to answer a question, why would this creature be doing this thing, kind of implies that we can figure out what they're up to, what they want. They may not even have that experience. They may not be interested. And the other possibility, but getting down to specific, if we have to make guesses and assume they have some interest, um, couple friends of mine who who write and, and speak about this subject regularly are on board with the fact they're just so far ahead of us. And the, the technology would certainly suggest that, that maybe they just don't bother. Maybe they don't have any interest in talking to us. They don't care what we think. They don't, they don't give a crap. And, and one of them uses the phrase, when was the last time you flew halfway around the world to teach algebra to a cat? You know, <laughs> and that really, I, I hope that sinks in for everybody because that really sums it up. Why, why don't they come and contact us? Why don't they land on the White House lawn? Take us to your leader. Well, maybe we're basically not much different from 
fairly clever monkeys to them and and they're just collecting some samples and documenting everything you know while they're here and figuring stuff out and they just why would you talk to us you know so that's that's one possibility if you go down the conspiracy theory holes the other possibility is there was an agreement made by the government during the Eisenhower administration where a deal was worked out and they agreed that they wouldn't make themselves known to the public provided they gave our government some technology and some other things and we allowed them to abduct X number of people per year. That uh, Yes, that's actually a theory that's out there. It's been out there for a very long time. It shows up in a lot of documents. Sounds completely bat crap crazy to me. But, you know, when you say it shows up in a lot of documents, what does that mean? Like, like what kind of like oh, people's writings about this, but not like government documents? Uh, no, not official government documents that were recognized. Um, the MJ-12 documents okay. are a mixture of real government documents. And, and a lot of forgeries over the years, unfortunately, have been inserted uh, to make things look more spectacular. But Okay, MJ-12. Again, I, 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 if we were talking about, you know, Majestic 12. I don't know what that is. Like, if we were talking about anti-communism in the 1960s or something, I wouldn't keep stopping you to explain things. But um, what, what, so what is Majestic 12? Majestic 12 was a group of officials, I think it started under Truman, highest level of secrecy. It wasn't specifically about UFOs, but parts of it do Uh mention UFOs and other classified things. And, uh, and and some of those have leaked out and they don't there's no smoking gun in there like oh yes they've had the ale they've met with the aliens now but that stuff gets brought up sometimes in hypothetical fashion in the documents like mm-hmm. do we have a plan in place in case aliens show up and that was being discussed in the government in but they didn't want the public to know they were talking about it they didn't want anybody talking about it uh so yeah the majestic 12 documents you can google that and uh And it it goes way back to the 40s, 50s, and I think early 60s. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Just, can you just give me a flavor of, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm just asking this question. I mean, you're, you're, you're a very good sport about, not taking offense at any of this stuff, so I appreciate that. But like, I'd be a pretty sad character if I got offended by somebody else's opinion on UFOs. It's crazy. Man. <laughs> we're, we're sitting here talking about aliens. How how I I find it crazy, you know. So no, I, I don't get offended. I don't expect everyone to believe it until one lands on your lawn. And so here's the thing: I kind of struggle with. Like, I'm I'm not a big fan of conspiracy theories about the government. 
not because I don't think people have the moral capacity to keep, to, to have conspiracy theories. I don't think, I just think that government does not have the competence to keep really elaborate, complicated things secret for really long periods of time that, that involve lots of people, right? So like I never thought 9-11 could be a conspiracy just because it would require, you know, that, or, it, or it was an inside job thing because the idea that George W. Bush had the management skill to orchestrate at least hundreds if not thousands of government agents to uh, blow up a whole bunch of things, bring some planes down, fake all of these other things, um, murder a bunch of Americans and keep it entirely secret just didn't seem like up to his skill level. Um, uh, so like the persist, there's a, it, there's a, there's a certain kind of like, uh, you know, the atheists don't like uh, intelligent design people. And they say their problem is that they, the phrase is they find God in the gaps, like anything evolution can't explain. They just say, this is the criticism from the sort of the atheist types. Uh, the criticism is, is that, well, the intelligent design people, whenever they can't, whenever evolution has sort of a problem explaining something, they just assume God's in there, right? That God did it. And it feels like whenever I read the UFO stuff, um, which is not often, as you can tell, anytime there's something that's hard to explain, it's, well, the government is keeping it secret, right? It's part of the conspiracy. Um, do you really think that the government over, what are we talking about? 12 administrations, eight administrations, um, could keep these kinds of secrets secret for that for that long without more plausible whistleblowers? Well, you uh, raise an, a question that comes up all the time in ufology, uh, gets debated frequently, and you're not the only one, including, quote, believers who, who pose that question. And the possible answers run on three levels. Uh, one, the highest level, and I'm, I'm, sometimes I'm a fan of this one myself, is that the government isn't keeping all that many things secret because the stuff about captured craft and bodies and things like that is, got, is all garbage that got added in as spice at some point along the line. There's really stuff there, but the government doesn't know much more than we do, and they just hate the idea of admitting it. Um, and I, I still think that's a definite possibility. Uh, the next possibility, the next level is all that top secret stuff is there, but it wouldn't be tens of thousands of people who knew about it. At, at any given time, it would be a handful of people in the military-industrial complex, to use the phrase that's so popular, uh, because they do partner with civilian groups to, uh, to conduct these activities, supposedly, allegedly. And uh, so it wouldn't be that many people. And there are plenty of people out there who claim when they were starting to go and talk to somebody that they were threatened. You know, and some people in the lore have disappeared or died under mysterious circumstances. That's another great one for the conspiracy theorists, because sometimes it's just, you know, people die. It happens sad, but true. But, yeah, pe people have just disappeared. And uh, and so, yeah, they, they might be good enough at it. But look how long we've been talking about it. We're talking this started at Roswell. We're talking about the 1940s. If all of this or most of it is true. They really haven't done that great of a job of keeping it secret because there's lots of people talking about it. You know, it's not like nobody knew getting somebody official to come out and talk about it. Well, 
that's another matter entirely because if you're someone in the know inside the government, inside the military, and you go talking out of turn, bad things can happen to your career, if not worse. And and also, how about the government's lying? They lie a lot. They lie about many things. They keep many things secret. How long was it before we knew about the Tuskegee syphilis experiments? It was decades. Nobody knew. But there were people who knew. It just it didn't get out. And take Roswell. I just mentioned that. It's the it's the mother of the uh, the beginning of the cover-up, is what everybody calls it. And the government lied about that at least three different times. They came out on the, the day after it happened and put out a press release saying a flying saucer has been captured uh, in New Mexico. 24 hours later, the Army put out another one going, oh, wait, never mind, it was a weather balloon. And then nobody liked any of the answers and thought there was something going on. And they finally came out many years later when they put out a report called Roswell Case Closed. You can go look that one up online. Um, where they said, okay, it wasn't a flying saucer and it wasn't a weather balloon. It was a top secret project called Project Mogul. And there was a Project Mogul um, that was designed to attempt to hear and uh, detect uh, Soviet nuclear weapons tests uh, in the upper atmosphere. And it didn't really go anywhere, but it did involve some huge balloons with a lot of metal stuff attached to them. And they said it was just one of those that crashed. But uh, people have challenged that one as well. But the point is, they did lie. They lied repeatedly. They lied for decades. And did they do it for national security? Maybe. Did they do it because they're doing something they don't want you to know about? Could be. So I, I hope that's a good enough answer. I mean, it's... It's not impossible. They could keep it. They could keep it secret. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm totally open to the idea of lying, right? Uh, like that, that I have no problem with. It's the, you know, it's 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 the it's the counting on every single person who's been read into this at the highest level, that not one of them put something in their memoirs, not one of them left something to be unsealed after the the time of their death, right? That no archivists have found anything that said, you know, John Foster Dulles, you know, was it that first meeting with the aliens or whatever? It just, it, it, it I, I prefer explanations that involve the government that rely on bureaucratic incompetence more than ingenious intrigue, which is not to say that, you know, look, I mean, there, there's, I'm sure there's still Cold War stuff that's secret, you know, and they still keep kicking, I mean, I, I have no plans in the near future to do a JFK assassination episode, but you know, they keep extending the shelf life of when they're going to release all of those JFK documents as if like there is something worth covering up, um, which I find kind of fascinating. And so it's entirely possible. I mean, the one of the things I think you have on your side that um, we see a lot in the media as well, we don't have to get into the politics stuff, but like there are just a lot of people in elite circles who can handle all sorts of revelations about things, but they think other people can't. Right. And, and so they, they're like the little people will respond badly to this information. So we have to keep it from them. And, um, and that, I think the government has a lot of that, you know, and I think the media has a lot of that too. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I'm just, you know, it just, it's, it's such a giant, amorphous moving goalpost moving kind of subject that um uh and there's so much 
there's so many known unknowns and unknown unknowns to all of it that uh, it's kind of like hammering jello to the wall, trying to figure out, you know, separating the wheat from the chaff of sort of what's, what are the things that we know are true and the, the things that we just want to believe are true. Well, well, um, let's for just a moment address the thing you brought up about how could this much time have gone, gone by and nobody came forward or they didn't leave any documents. That's happened hundreds of times. Um, there are documents that are purported to be the stuff that were left in people's estates that say some pretty incredible things. But in those cases, then, you know, the person's not alive to verify it or, or talk about it. And people that he mentions, he or she mentioned in those documents, go and deny it. Is that because it didn't happen? Or is, is that because the other people are lying? Because they're trying to keep the secret, you know. Um, so, yeah, there are documents. There are people who came forward, people from the military uh, who have said, yes, this stuff has been going on and the government knows about it. Uh, one of them was uh, an astronaut. Let's say one of the guys who walked on the moon uh, insisted for years. But every time somebody like that comes forward and one of those documents comes forward, the government will turn around and come back and go, nope, that's not the case that I those aren't our documents. They're, they're, they got to be fake or that person is either uh, lying or making something up or maybe they're just confused, you know, something like that. They misinterpreted mm -hmm. something. So, no, those things have happened. They, they've happened many, many, many times, but they always get swept away and always at the behest of the government. Right. But it's not, it's not just our, I mean, I, I hear you and that's a good, that's perfectly good pushback. Um but it's not just our government, right? It's the Canadian government, it's the French government, it's the English government, it's the, you know, it's it's every government on the planet that presumably, you know, I mean, I understand why we would have better intel on this stuff than a lot of countries, but if it's that pervasive a thing and, and it doesn't recognize political borders, um, you know, you would... You would just think there there would be something more dispositive to come out. Then again, I would have said this five years ago or six years ago, whatever it was, you know, before the government released that report. And then I would have looked like a clown, you know, because the government released the report that kind of, you know, again, came much closer to your position than 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 um, than a lot of people would have expected. So, you know, again, I'm open minded about this. It just it just feels. Uh, like there's just a lot of um, a lot of ways to poke holes in things um, that 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 gets kind of frustrating. Sure, and I don't know why we haven't had a government come out yet and go, you know what, we're breaking the seal here and we're we're done with this, yeah. and here's what we got, and we know that the U.S. has stuff and oh, Canada has blah blah blah. I, I don't know why that hasn't happened, except maybe. Most governments have a vested interest in keeping certain things secret. I, I, I don't know. I mean, for example, just I mean, again, I, I, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about this, but like this story or this theory that Eisenhower administration cut a deal with the aliens, like you run into the problem of international competition, right? I mean, like I would think that the Xi government in China <laughs> would cut a better deal with the aliens, allowing for a lot more abductions of, you know, Chinese people for, in exchange for greater and better technology, right? I mean, they're, they're, these kinds of questions just come to mind when you start talking about, like, there's a tendency among Americans to think that the U.S. government 
holds all the cards in in these kinds of things when in fact it's just one you know one government among many yeah and i i finally remembered what i was thinking about other governments um things have slipped out with with other governments one of the best examples the british ministry of defense had or still has to this day in their archives a documents their intelligence agencies intercepted from the soviet union and it had a lot of different kind of wild stuff about potential conflict and war scenarios, but included in there, and and still out there, you, you can read it, the Russians claimed or reported and recorded that they lost a minimum, I don't remember if it was two or three, two or three planes and at least four pilots that were killed when they attempted to shoot down UFOs. And and there are there are other reports we go into. The show's not long enough, but um, there have been a variety of times when various militaries have attempted, supposedly, to engage UFOs, and it never ends well for the humans. Um, most famously, there's a CIA document that's available in the uh, National Archives of uh, in the 1960s, right after the uh, the whole Cuban Missile Crisis and all that. Um, they were monitoring Cuba very closely. And I'll, I'll make this, I'll give you the very short version. Uh, we had intelligence agents in uh, the Florida Keys monitoring their radio traffic all the time, as you, pro- as, as you would, you know. And on one bright sunny day, uh, and they were all Spanish speakers, so they could uh, follow it. They recorded the Cubans uh, reporting that something had entered their airspace and at uh, like I don't know twenty thousand feet, and traveling at a pretty good clip, more than five hundred miles an hour, and was heading in the general direction of South America, but it was definitely passing through their airspace. And they scrambled two jets to go up there, and they first tried to get radio contact with whatever it was, and got no response whatsoever. And then the uh, the base ordered the lead pilot to just go ahead and shoot it down, and they would go retrieve it and check it out. And the next thing that the operatives heard was the lead pilot saying, I have a lock on the target. Those are the last words he ever said. The next thing they heard was the pilot of his wingman in the other plane screaming. And he said the plane exploded. And then he corrected himself and he said the plane disintegrated. But whatever happened to him, he was falling down with a pile of scrap metal into the Gulf. You know, so... There's records of these things. They don't get talked about a lot, but they're they're out there. I mean, was that a real a real record, or did the CIA misinterpret it? But I mean, they're right in their national archives. I mean, they're they're out there if you, if you dig far enough. All right, so I, I, we're running out of time here, and um, um, and you've been great for indulging me on all these questions. But like, can you give me a sense of like? So I remember when. I first started at National Review, someone, and I thought it was such a really big deal to be at National Review. And then a friend of mine told me, hey, look, you know, there's a magazine dedicated to twisted barbed wire art that has vastly more readers than National Review does. Um, You know, it's a big country with diverse interests. And I'm still paying a price on this podcast five years later for having mentioned, made this point to Andy Ferguson. And I pointed out that there are a lot of people who went to Bigfoot erotica and it's become this running joke about how I'm really into Bigfoot porn. And I never said porn. It was always erotica. But um, 
Can you just give me a sense of like the industry, like the sort of UFO conferences, publications, websites? Like, is it a hundred million dollar industry, a billion dollar industry? Is it, you know, you got all these TV shows about it. Like, is there, a, can you give me a sense of like the flavor of the scope of it? And like, what's, what are, what are considered serious things and what are considered basically sort of like entertainment things? Infotainment. Infotainment. The size of the quote industry there. <laughs> One of the first thing, anybody that has published books, that writes for magazines, that does UFO podcasts will tell you, if you're interested in making money, don't get into UFOs. There's no money in it. <laughs> okay. Um, there are a handful of people who can get by. Uh, those conferences are put on generally by coalitions of different groups. And there's somebody making some sort of a profit, but you have to pay all the speakers and, and their travel costs mm -hmm. and things like that. And you, you have to pay for the venue. And tickets, tickets to all of them are fairly cheap. They don't get away with charging $500 tickets, except for maybe some yeah. VIP sit on the stage with the speaker kind of thing. Yeah. So no, there, it's not a big industry. There's not a ton of money. As far as, what was the second part of the question? Oh my God, I'm getting old. Like what, what are the things that people take seriously and what are the things that you think are just sort oh, of right. like... I, I think I filed that away immediately because I didn't really understand the question. Well, no, no, like, I mean, put it this way. It's like, um, there's stuff that's just done for tourists, right? There's going to be like, you know, a Ripley's Believe It or Not kind of knockoff museum kind of thing, which like, if you took this stuff seriously, you realize, okay, this is just all, you know, fake stuff. And then there are, there are people or publications. I mean, I don't, again, I don't know that try to bring some actual scientific or intellectual rigor to things that are the first ones who will debunk the sort of silly stuff. I, I, I got you. Um, plenty of silly stuff to be found. If you go out to a little town right on very close to Area 51, you'll find a very famous uh, hotel and restaurant called the Little Ailey Inn. <laughs> which is which is clever. It's, it's been there forever, and and yeah, there's a picture of a, of an alien gray, which is one of the most common types of aliens that are discussed uh, on the billboard, and, and and that's for the tourists. That that's for show. There are serious groups like the National UFO Reporting Center who have established literal libraries where they get all of the reports from civilians, anything they can get from the government, and catalog them and digitize them to, to put them online and, and do a lot of intensive work. There are silly things uh, of people who knowingly post on social media fake videos that they mock up to try to get people excited. Like, I've got this really great UFO video. And anything that looks too great right off the bat, you can kind of guess, oh, that's somebody who knows how to do CGI. Mm -hmm. And then there are other people like you just had Avi Loeb on the Galileo Project. Very, very serious people mm -hmm. raising money, using telescopes and trying to get other networks of sensor data all coordinated in together to say, hey, let's see what's moving around in the air and see how much of it we can figure out and how much of it we can't, you know. And so, yeah, there, there, there's some of each. There's there's infotainment, there's hoaxers, uh, just storytellers, basically. And then there are a lot of people doing hard science. So there, there's both of those worlds that you're asking about are very well represented in ufology. And so I, I'm kind of fascinated. I kind of want to go to one now. When you say, like, the conferences, they're put on by coalitions, right? So is it, is it like different paranormal groups, they all get together and it's, it's one big tent of, of different kinds of 
you know, I mean, there's, they're the big, again, I'm not trying to be pejorative. I'm just trying to describe the question, you know, like, is it like the Bigfoot people get together with the Yeti people who get together with the UFO people who get together with the paranormal ghost hunter people? I mean, is it that kind of like all, all the things the establishment doesn't want you to talk about convention? Is it that kind of thing? There are some of those, uh, some of them are just strictly UFO UAP conventions and, and, and that's what they focus on. That's what their speakers address, you know, all that stuff. There are some bigger ones that fall under the broader um, category of what we refer to as the phenomenon. And there are people who believe that UFOs are only one aspect of the phenomena that, back to Skinwalker Ranch again, that can show up in so many bizarre and different ways. And yeah, you will rent sometimes. That, that's a less common one. You, you don't get a lot of crossover with the Bigfoot people. But you will get the ghost hunters. You will get the people who believe that the aliens aren't aliens. They're actually demons. There are religious people who are very strong on that, saying we shouldn't be messing with this stuff because it's demonic. you know. And you'll, you'll get those kind of groups. And they sometimes agree on things. They sometimes come into, come into conflict. Um, let me see. Uh, cattle mutilations. Uh, that shows up at the conferences a lot. And there's been new spurts of cattle mutilations just this last year. And so it's kind of becoming a hot topic again. And you, so you'll see that cropping up. Um, so you can take your pick, really. Uh, if you think you want to go to one, I can send you a list of, of the ones that really have yeah, maybe, yeah. Reputable, reputable people that I know, um, you know, who, who are going to be speaking at them. And some of them are just UFO. Some of them are, are phenomenal. Yeah. So I, 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 you, just, you brought up cattle mutilations and it dawned on me. I, I didn't ask you about any of that stuff, like crop circles, cattle mutilations. Do you have a view on those things? Like, what your what is your reigning explanation for that stuff? I think the crop circles are real. Some of them, some of them are definitely faked. There are some that are hard to explain. I, I, it could be a natural phenomenon that we just don't understand. I, I'm not a crop circle guy. Okay, I'm I'm aware of it and have read stuff, and that that's not where I deep dive. So my answer on that one is I don't know. Uh, the cattle mutilations, some of them are definitely caused by humans. Some of them may be caused by government programs. Some of them are too much for me to explain. Uh, there's some that are just too weird. And I don't see a plausible, grounded, very normal explanation. Like it must be some satanic cult that's, you know, doing rituals or uh, it's a secret government program to sweat anthrax or something. I, I don't know. But some of the cattle mutilations, yeah, they're they're just too bizarre and too weird. And yeah, it, aliens are a culprit that are blamed for that. Do do I have any idea why they would want cattle? No, I don't. But I don't have any idea why they're doing anal probes either, if that's what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of stay in my lane hey, for UFOs. A good snake and some anal probing is some people's idea of a great night. There you go. <laughs> why did I just agree to that in film? Um, <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> no, I, I, I was just saying, I... I, I do tend to stay in my lane for the most part. I, I just really stick to the UFO stuff. I, I'm not, I find the other stuff interesting, uh, beyond a doubt. Uh, I, I write for a couple other outlets. I write for a place, I don't know if you're familiar with it, called Mysterious Universe. They've been around forever. And I write articles for them on a variety of subjects. But yeah, that that's one place. If you want to just get lost one day while you're waiting at the airport and have your laptop out, just go read through the articles on that site. They, they cover UFOs sometimes. But they cover everything, demonology, uh, life after death, uh, you know, near-death experiences. I mean, the list goes on and on. And a lot of it's really fascinating. And there's a lot of it that sounds like complete BS to me, too. 
But who am I to say? I'm I'm over here talking to Jonah about friggin' aliens. So uh, I don't know if your <laughs> crop circle was real. It could be, I guess. Maybe the aliens stole your cattle. Uh, I, I'm no longer at the point where I can really poke, you know, point my finger and start making fun of people. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm the UFO guy. <laughs> All right. Well, Jastron, thank you so much for doing this. I'm, I got to say, first of all, I'm grateful that you do it. Uh, I'm grateful to counter program on this weird political day. I'm glad that your wife saw the UFO too, because it would be a tragedy for you to sit there making devil's tower out of your mashed potatoes all alone. Um, but uh, uh, this was great. I really appreciate it. It was my pleasure. And, you know, I, I, you're probably not going to start doing all UFO shows, but I was just going to say, you ever want to do this again? Feel free. There's, there is no time that I won't sit down and talk somebody's ear off about UFOs. Okay, well, you are you are officially my UFO guy now. So just so you know, I'll get a T-shirt. Okay, so Jazz Shaw has left the studio. Um, he was a really good sport, and I thought this was um, this was as counter programming as you're gonna get on a big news day. I think that's fair to say. Um, I don't think I did anything. You know, there are people who think I shouldn't talk about UFO stuff on this podcast because of my incredibly high intellectual and journalistic standards. And, uh, we all know that's, that's crazy. But, um, uh, I think if you're going to be into UFO stuff, I think Jazz's approach is as, as intellectually defensible as possible, which is you think something unexplained is happening and you don't have any concrete, um, proof of what it is, but it's worth looking at. And you have to acknowledge that this stuff attracts people who have other things going on. And I, I didn't mean to be pejorative. I, 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 I just want to clarify one thing, like um, that thing about people with mental health issues. It's a real thing. Um, there is, uh, I don't have the, the technical terminology for it, but there are people who have, uh, whether it's bipolar or, or whatever the right designation is, um, they're incredibly susceptible to suggestion. Um, and then once the suggestion has sort of been incepted, to use a fancy word, um, they lock onto it and it becomes this theory of their, of their un surrounding universe. And this is one of the reasons why um, it's not shocking that, say, Kanye West is anti-Semitic. Because anti-Semitism is one of the classic things that people who have high levels of weird paranoia stuff, um, they're looking for, their brains kind of want an explanation that makes them feel, that, 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 that explains um, how, how and why they feel manipulated, why they are not in control of their own agency, and all these sorts of things. And so historically, anti-Semitism comes up a lot for people who have these kind of mental health issues. Another one is the CIA comes up a lot. Um, and people who historically heard voices, once there's this sort of theory that got they heard that, oh, no, it's actually the CIA transmitting radio signals, it became a thing. And um, and I can't tell you how many times I've gotten mail, email, um, uh, some sometimes even creepier packages from people who, from different parts of the world who, all have this theory that the CIA is controlling their brains kind of thing. And the alien one is another one where it just, if you have a mental health issue, it goes at you. I'm just clarifying that because I think that's a real thing. I don't think it explains jazz. Who's clearly, you know, as rational as anybody or anything like that. But, uh, 
it's a, it's, I can't imagine being in a field that is so susceptible to that kind of person showing up while you're trying to have a reasonable conversation about something. Um, uh, and, uh, anyway, I just wanted to explain that I, I am not trying to like, uh, cast aspersions on the greater you world of ufology, um, which I really wasn't sure until I heard him say it is actually how you pronounce it. I would have thought it was UFOlogy or UFOlogy, but this just shows you how ignorant I am of these things. Anyway, uh, we're trying to figure out what the next episode of this is going to be. I got to get out of New York. Um, uh, and, uh, we'll see how the indictment thing goes. Um, and, uh, be on the lookout in the Wednesday Jew file for the stuff about the, the special episode of uh, the, the special meetup episode of The Remnant in Washington, D.C. on May 1st. And with that, I'll see you next time. No, you won't. This is a podcast. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.